Well, today we're continuing the series that we've been in called The Ultimate Road Trip. And as I was thinking about road trips, I kind of realized that my kids have a completely different experience, and probably your kids too, of what a road trip is. See, when I was growing up and when I was a kid, our family would take really long road trips, sometimes 14, 15-hour road trips to visit family. And we didn't have all the luxuries that my kids have today. And so my sister and I used to sit in the back seat, and in the back seat in the middle, there was this in invisible line that existed. I don't know if there was one in your back seat, but there was this invisible line that existed that divided the territories of the car. And you were never allowed to cross over into somebody else's in territory, or it's like you're starting World War III. And we didn't have all of the activities to keep us busy or entertain us like my kids have today. We had coloring books. We had activity books. We played the license plate game with the cars that were passing by. And then as we got older, we got to upgrade and we were able to have Walkmans or portable CD players to keep us busy. But nowadays, my kids don't feel like it's actually a real road trip unless there's a Bucky stop. They have, their tablets have to be fully charged. They have to have a list and a pile of movies to go through for like a four hour car ride. The experiences and the expectations of road trips are not the same. And as we've been talking about the ultimate road trip in this series, we've been learning that God has an ultimate plan and path for our life. Our life is a road trip that we embark on with God, and he has a plan and a roadmap to get us to the destination that he's purposed for us. And like all road trips, there's a route that's going to take us to our destination and along the way, sometimes we deal with rough roads and we deal with obstacles along the way. Like any road trip, sometimes there's delays. You can deal with potholes. You can deal with eroded roads. In San Antonio, we deal with roads that are washed out or underwater. But in life, we seldom experience a route that doesn't have rough moments. But God wants to help walk out our fate with, with us through a path he has designed. And so today I want to share with you how do we walk it out in the ultimate road map that God has for us and the ultimate road trip. So I want to invite you to open up your Westover app, open up your Bible app. We're going to be in Isaiah 26 tonight. And Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet that was in a specific time and place in the Bible and the history of the Israelites. And God raised him up to speak to the people and to prophesy about their future. He talked a lot about the promise of God coming in the future. But in chapter 26, he begins to speak to the people and the Israelites in that time period about what it was like to live a life that was righteous. What happens when you live a righteous life? And so we're going to look at verses 7 and 8 tonight. And it starts and it says, the path of the righteous is level. You, the upright one, make the way of the righteous smooth. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desires of our heart. And Isaiah is telling the people that if they live a life that is righteous and they walk their path out with God, he will give them smooth and level paths. In the early 1900s, with the invention and the introduction of the automobile, it was determined that throughout America they needed to build a road system across America so that vehicles could travel on it. They needed to connect cities together and towns together and allow people to be able to travel across the country. 
And up to that point, there weren't a lot of roads, and the roads that did exist were all, were all gravel and dirt. And so the engineers and the entrepreneurs got together, and they began to build the pathway and began to plan the pathway in which that all, of, all of America could travel. And they determined that the best route and pathway of travel was going to be to pave the roads. Because up to this point, nobody had paved roads. And they knew that for vehicles, that was the best option. But the problem was, is that nobody to this point had ever experienced a paved road. So they didn't see the value in it. And so trying to get the American people to buy into the price and the cost that it was going to take to put this infrastructure in, they just didn't understand the benefit. And they thought that, of course, gravel roads would be enough. So as they began to plan out the infrastructure, these engineers and the entrepreneurs went to the construction crew and they said, we know you can't afford to pave the entire road, but here's what we want you to do. After several miles of gravel road, we want you to pave a one-mile stretch of roadway. And what they called it was a seedling mile. They said, we want you to pave this one-mile stretch. And then right after that mile is gone, we want you to go ahead and pick up and keep up with the gravel road. And then several miles again, come up with another one-mile stretch. Let's put in another seedling mile. And so that's what they did. Over all of, these, all of these roadways that they had, every once in a while they'd have these seedling miles because they believed that if the people could only experience a paved road, they'd see the benefit and they'd see the difference in what they had at that moment. And so it began to work. People would begin to drive on these roads and they'd be driving for miles and miles and miles on gravel and dirt roads and then all of a sudden they'd hit this seedling mile. And for the first time, they'd experience what a paved road was like and the fact that a car was intended to drive on a paved road. And it did exactly what they wanted because people quickly saw the benefit, they bought into the cost, they raised the money, and they were able to pave the roads across America. In the same way, God intends for us to walk on smooth paths. He has seedling miles set out on your path ahead of you. And he knows that the minute you experience his seedling mile, his smooth path, you won't want anything else. The verse says in chapters, in the verse in, in, in 26, 7, it says that the path of the righteous, God will make it smooth and level. And see, the people of that time knew exactly what Isaiah was saying. He was talking in their context and in that moment, which they understood. Because at that time, everybody traveled by foot. Wherever you went, you traveled by foot. And in, in Israel, there, you have to navigate a lot of terrain. There's hills, there's valleys, there's obstacles. It's a rocky terrain. So if you could ever have a smooth and a level path, that was the optimal condition in which to travel. And this is what he's telling the people that if you understand and you walk out a righteous life with God, it is the optimal condition for your life. Because God's path for our life will provide the best route to the destination he has intended for you. God's destination is going to get you to the best path. God's path will give you the option and will make you the most fruitful and the most effective in who you are. Now, it doesn't mean that it's perfect. There might be potholes along the way, but God's way is always the best way. God's path is going to lead you to the right spouse. God's path is going to lead you to the right career. God's path is going to lead you to his purpose.
And so today I want to share with you three things we can do to experience God's seedling miles in our life, that smooth path he intends for us to walk on. The first is, is that we need to follow God's ways. We need to follow God's ways. Verse 8 says, yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws. See, there are rules for traveling on the road. There are rules and road rules in place for our safety and our protection. And we understand the value of those rules. We value and understand the importance of traffic lights, the importance of speed limits, of right-of-way laws. And for the most part, we obey them. But at the same time, God has rules for our life and his rules are his word. His laws and his principles are meant to be there for our protection and our blessing. God has specifically designed a pathway for your life and he has a destination he wants to get you to. And his word are the guardrails that keep you on the path. They keep you from straying off into potholes and into detours that you were never meant to travel on. Injury, delay, and pain occur when we stray off the path and we disobey his word. When you're on the highways here in Texas, you'll see that the Department of Transportation has these big message boards that they have up. And throughout the the days, you'll see that they'll have messages that tell you and encourage you to follow the road rules, to follow the traffic rules that are in place. And if you've ever noticed, occasionally they'll put statistics up of people that have lost their lives on the road. And each one of those statistics is an example of someone's carelessness, disobedience to the rules of the road, and that there was a cost associated with that disobedience. So how do we walk in obedience? How do we walk in obedience to God's word? A daily Bible reading plan and practice in our life is how we walk in obedience. Connecting to God's word connects us to God's heart. Frequently when I meet with ladies or people in the church, they'll ask me and they'll say, I want to start a Bible reading plan. I want to get into God's word daily, but I honestly don't know where to start. Where do I start reading? And I first tell everybody, just do a chapter a day. Create a habit in your life and do a chapter a day. And I encourage people, the best book to start in is the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. So there is a chapter for every day of the month. And there in the book of Proverbs is biblical, practical advice on how to live a life of integrity. How to walk through life and live a biblical example of who God is. It gives you Good advice on so many different areas of our life. It teaches us how to be godly parents. It teaches us how to be godly spouses. How do you deal with conflict? How are you a good employee? There is something in every single chapter that speaks to our life. Find a Bible reading plan. There are Bible apps out there. Find a version of the Bible that you understand. Volume and quantity isn't the goal. Consistency and understanding is the goal. And when you begin to read God's word, it's going to begin to read you. 
Because when you're in God's word daily and you're reading his word, somehow the words of the page lift off and all of a sudden there's a verse that's going to speak to you on a specific situation that you're in. And it's going to tell you how to deal with that situation and it's going to give you God's answer to your problem. But see, God's word's active and alive. It's not dead. It's active and alive and it's there to speak to you. It's there to grow you. It's there to challenge you. And when we stay consistent in God's word, we follow on God's path. Verse 7 says in the message version, the leveler evens the road for the right living. There are times we need the leveler. We need God to come in. We need him to fill in the gullies, fill in the potholes, remove the obstacles in our life. When we follow God's way, he levels our path. Devotion to God's ways removes the detours and the obstacles to God's promises. Devotion to God's ways, his word, his principles, his laws in our life, remove all of the detours that are in our path, remove all of the obstacles and get us to the destination he wants for us. Following God is always better than the back roads and the backtracking of mistakes. The detours distractions, the frustrations are leveled when we follow in obedience. Obedience to God's ways opens up his seedling miles in our life and the smooth path he intends for us. Level with God and he will level the obstacles in your life. Level with God, make it right with God, follow his pathway, put him in the driver's seat, allow him to surrender to his will, and he will level all of the obstacles in your life. Follow God's ways. The second thing we can do to experience God's seedling miles in our life is to trust God's timing. Trust God's timing. It says in verse 8, yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws We wait for you. God must lead the path. The Bible says in verse 7 that God makes the path smooth and level. But see, that only works when he's out in front and he's leading us. But the times that we don't want to wait on God and we jump ahead, we end up on a path that hasn't been cleared and there might be issues ahead. It's undeveloped. It's not ready for us. We have to trust God's timing and stay in step with his timing. The problem is we live in a fast-paced, immediate gratification world. Many of us probably have used some sort of app at some point, Waze, Google Maps, in order to check the traffic before we head out on a destination. And when we open it up, we always want to see on that route a green line the entire way. We never want to see orange or yellow. We never want to see red. And the minute that we do, we're always trying to find an alternate route around that. How can I avoid that area? How can I not make sure I have to sit in traffic? I don't want to wait. So we're trying to find other avenues to get to where we want to get. And then if the app says it's going to take us 25 minutes to get to our destination, it better not take 27. And it better not take 30. We'd love for it to take 24. But we want to get there on time because that's what it said. However, in life, rarely do we get an exact timeline on how long we're going to be in a specific season. And sometimes it can feel like we're stuck. We see life moving all around us. 
We see other people advancing. We see other people succeeding. We see other families that have everything together. And we look at where we're at and we're saying, why am I still here? Why am I stuck? Trust the road signs that God gives you regarding his timing. Waiting requires trust. Trusting that God's timing is better than my timing. See, God has a speed limit set for our life. Highways sometimes have a minimum and a maximum speed limit. And the speed limit is set to determine the safest way to travel on that road. God has a predetermined speed limit for your life. And when we hurry ahead of him, we're not traveling at a safe speed for where he wants to get us. We need to stay in step with his timing. And the Holy Spirit will give you discernment on his timing. There are signs that he gives us along the way about his timing. We've all seen different road signs before. There's yield signs, stop signs, slow signs. There's warning signs. And along the way, they're all there for a specific reason. And God gives the same signs to us at different times through our walk. There's times he's going to give you a yield sign. And he's going to tell you right now, I need you to yield to me. I need you to surrender to me. It's not what you want. It's what I need to do in your life. You need to surrender to me. Let me be in the driver's seat. And there's times he's going to give you a stop sign. And you're going to have to sit there. And there's times we have to stop in a season. But see, a stop sign is there for your safety. Because you stay at a stop sign until the moment that the path is clear for you to travel safely. And there are times that God is going to say, I need you to stop right now because you don't see what's up ahead. And I've got to clear the way because it's not safe for you yet. And he's got to, you've got to trust that he knows what he's doing. We don't see the future. We don't see what's up ahead. But we've got to trust he sees it and he knows and his timing is always best. And there's times we need to do slow signs. God's going to put a slow sign. Yes, you get to move forward, but maybe not at the speed you want to move forward in. Because the slow sign is there to tell you, you need to approach with caution. You need to make sure you slow down because there's things ahead you're going to have to navigate around. There's things ahead of you that you're not aware of yet, and I want you to get it right. And there's going to be times he's going to say, slow down in this season. There's stuff happening in your family, and I need you to get it right. Slow down. There's stuff happening in your marriage, and you need to get it right. And then there's warning signs that he gives. There's times, and a warning sign is there to bring awareness in your life. It's going to be a check in your spirit. That there's something up ahead. There's a problem. There's a concern. There's an issue, and you need to be aware of it. We need to trust the signs that God gives us. Don't make a U-turn or take another road unless God gives you a clear sign. Don't make a change because you're tired of the scenery or it's your personal preference. When you feel a check in your spirit, you need to trust the sign that God is giving you. Because sometimes there's opportunities that will come and detours that will come that were not meant to take you on the path that God has for you. And it's going to take you off of his smooth path. Young adults, a relationship or a potential relationship that is not grounded in God is a detour that God never meant you to take. You are never meant to take that detour. Moms, 
there are going to be influences that want to speak into the life of your kids that take them on detours and off of God's path. Protect their path. And professionals, those quick fixes, those shortcuts that undermine your integrity in the workplace is a detour that takes you off into a rough and bumpy road. Trust God's timing and trust the signs he gives you. The third thing we can do to experience God's seedling miles in our life is to draw closer to Jesus. Draw closer to Jesus. Verse 8 says at the end of that verse, your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. In the New Living Translation, it translates it this way. Our heart's desire is to glorify your name. We discover God's seedling miles when we lift up Jesus' name, when we glorify him, when we seek after God, his smooth path becomes clear to us. God has an ultimate path for our life and it will always draw us closer to him. God will never lead us away from him. God will never lead you away from him. So if opportunities, choices, things come up along your path, but they're going to create distance between you and God, they're not from God because he will never lead you away from him. God's blessings will never put distance between us and him. So if a job opportunity comes and it sounds too good to be true, but it takes you out of church, it's not a blessing from God. If there's something that presents itself to your family, but it's going to take time away from the family and the family's not going to be closer to God and it's going to take you away from church, it's not a blessing from God. And at some point, we all feel a distance that we create in our relationship with the Lord. And we say, I don't know how I got here. I don't understand why I'm here. How did I get distance? Praise brings us closer to him. When we enter into worship, we have a direct access and direct communication with God. All of the distractions go away, the frustrations, the things that we don't know what to do with, they disappear when we enter into his presence. I'm learning through my walk with the Lord that nothing gives me peace like worship. Nothing draws me closer to God than worship. There there are specific moments in my life that I can recount and I can name them over and over where I needed clarity, I needed discernment, I had to make a decision and it wasn't clear what to do and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I didn't have the answer. And then I'd walk into a worship service and I'd raise my arms and I'd say, God, I surrender it to you. I don't know what to do. And in those moments, God would whisper to my heart. In those moments, God would speak and provide clarity and peace that I had not gotten in any other way. Because when we worship, we give God direct access to our heart. We probably have all used a GPS system at some point along the way. And the GPS system is there to tell us This is where you're at. This is where you want to go. 
and here's the route to get you there. And as you're driving, it'll tell you, okay, you need to turn left in 500 feet. You need to merge onto the highway here. Make sure you take this exit. And if at any point you get off of that route, it will immediately alert you and tell you you're off the path. You need to make a U-turn and you need to get back on the right path. Praise is a believer's GPS. Praise is a believer's GPS. It's what paves the road ahead of us and keeps us on the path towards God. And anything that robs praise in your life is a wrong turn. Anything in your life that robs the praise and your opportunity to enter into God's presence is a wrong turn in your life. When the road is rough, potholes come, the muddy road of unwanted criticism shows up in your life. We're all going to have those moments, but when they come, praise is what paves the road back to God. Praise is what tells me and lets me know my seedling mile is coming because I'm about to hit that smooth road again. I don't know what happened here. It's a rough road, but I'm about to hit that smooth road again.